Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm Sal Interdenado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a world-class consulting firm that trains employees in sports psychology secrets that drastically improve work performance. Founder Joe Ross is a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, and retired Army. And we thank Joe Ross for sponsoring this podcast. Man, this is one we've been waiting for for a while. We have Ross Tucker. We welcome Ross Tucker to our podcast. Ross, thanks a lot for joining us. Sal, it is my pleasure. I love the fact that the day I'm on, Ross Tucker, uh, the, your sponsor is Joe Ross. That's pretty cool. It, it works out. By the way, that higher echelon consulting, that sounds amazing on a lot of different levels. I think sports psychology is somewhere where people could really make some significant improvements and strides on the business side or as athletes. I even just, not to digress here, but Man, I it was tough in the NFL, you know. I remember a few times early in my career when I got cut or had a bad game, even just I had a bad play for the Cowboys and I spent all night watching this is 2002 South. So I spent all night watching the local news stations, you know, when they had the sports for 3 minutes to see whether or not they blame me for us losing to the Niners. You know, it's you know, they don't teach you how to handle that when you're 23 years old. No, and it, it, the higher echelon actually has a, a couple of other Army grads who were football players uh, working in the firm, and they also developed an app that Army has used uh, for scouting or recruiting or something, uh, I believe. So, uh, yeah, Joe Ross, a f- former fullback, he was on uh, Rich Ellerson's uh, staff, um, colonel in the Army too, retired colonel, I believe, in the Army. So, Well, and, and Sal, you and I have never really spoken, but – I follow you on social media. Uh, you're an invaluable resource. In fact, when I first started doing the Army games, I asked the Army Sports Information Department, and they recommended you. You were the person they recommended to follow on social media. So very helpful for me with the recruiting stuff and especially stuff going on with the current team. So I'm glad I get to talk with you, glad I get to follow you. And I don't know if you have, you know this, but – my mom was an Army brat. Okay. So my mom was born in Fort Lewis, Washington. She graduated from Fort Knox High School in Kentucky. And in between, she went to like 10 different Jersey. I mean, all over the place, right? So, uh, you know, I have a, a very much a soft spot in my heart for any members of the armed services, but especially the Army. I was really tight with my pop-up who passed away in 2007 coincidentally my last year as a player and he was a captain in the u.s army served in world war ii and even the jobs he did after that nothing for him was like being uh, an army officer he loved it would talk about it with me all the time so uh that's one of the one of many reasons why i love calling the games for cbs is i like trying to shine a deserved spotlight on all of these young men. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What it what what it's like to call you know when I cover the team and can go inside the the post and to Mikey Stadium, it's so historic, right? And you just feel like it's an honor just to be there. You know, I'm like, why are they letting me through the gates every time I go through? Yeah, they check my license and stuff like that, in my car, but I, I can't believe they let me through. You know, and it's just like. Man, and then and then from your view in the press box, right? And you can overlook and you see the Lus- Lus- Lusk Reservoir. I mean, on a Saturday, on a Saturday afternoon, where else, 
Where's where's a better place in college football, really? Yeah, I mean, so there there is not any that I'm aware of, right? So I have broadcast at least one game. Or no, I take that back. I've at least been to every NFL stadium and most of the major college stadiums, not all of them, but most of them. And at least from the vantage point of me as a color commentator, there is nothing better than Mikey Stadium. I mean, to be in that press box, and by the way, it's a huge, beautiful booth. I mean, it's like an NFL-style booth for me. I feel spoiled. There's lots of space up there. And then it's always open. And to be able to see the trees and the foliage, and you mentioned the reservoir, and then in the distance you see the river and everything. I mean, it's just, it is breathtaking. And anybody that follows me on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, you know two things. Number one, before every game, I will do a picture or a video of my view from the press box because it never gets old. I mean, it's it never it never loses its luster for me at least. And then I also will always do a video or pictures of whatever they're serving for the food in the press box. Yeah, <laughs> Which, yeah I was going to. You know what? It's that. amazing how much people like that. You know, I'll, I'll go places now, Sal, and people will say, "Aren't you the press box food guy?" I'm like, "Oh man." I mean, my parents paid for me to go to Princeton, and I'm the press box food guy. That's what I'm known as. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. I was also going to ask about what's in your fridge type that stuff uh, stuff you do on Twitter weekend. Um, maybe we could start talking just re- about the the 2020 season. And you know, you you were able to call um, all their home games of uh, the 2020 season. And you know, for what they accomplished that nine and three record, I think it goes beyond, right? I mean, you could look at the record, but I mean, what they had to go through each week with COVID, what most teams had to go through with COVID, right? But then, uh, man, it was it was just that's at the back you back to back wins over Navy and Air Force were something, right, Ross? I don't, you know, I'm not an Army historian, right? Mm-hmm. But I have to imagine it was one of the most special seasons in Army football history. And I say that because after what happened in 2019, no, yeah, 2019, with a disappointing year after everything they had accomplished in 16, 17, 18, I really think the onus was on the 2020 group and the seniors to show that what Munkin had built was a sustained program and sustained excellence and then it wasn't just one group of guys that came through right because that can happen sometimes yeah to bounce back from the disappointing 2019 year you have all the COVID stuff going on and then to play the way they did I mean in particular like I think about that Georgia Southern game I think about then obviously the Navy game which I actually called on the radio for Westwood one and then the air force game on TV back to back games at Mikey stadium, you know, commander in chief, obviously army Navy speaks for itself, commander in chief on the line and both games close, uh, incredibly exciting games that I'll never forget the goal line stand by the defense against Navy. I'll never forget the job that the offense did on that last drive against air force. You know, I'm not, yeah, I went, I'm, I'm not from the army. I went to Princeton, uh, but 
it was it was a special special season and and on, on some small level it felt cool to be part of it and i could see the enthusiasm and the excitement of the fans they hit me up on social media a lot uh you know i think that's one thing that maybe people don't realize sal is just by the way i'm wearing one of my army shirts there you go uh Nick Dieterman, the the equipment guy, I really appreciate it. I, he's got given me some great gear over the years, but I think it's one thing that maybe most people don't realize. Obviously, you know this: Army football has a really cool following, a really significant yeah. and cool following. I mean, I, you know, there's lots of guys, uh, Captain Chaos from Barstool, and um you know I, these guys i've never met like slums and gravy i just know their twitter handles you know yeah. um but i these guys are these guys are absolutely uh old drunk grad like they're awesome like these guys are awesome and they're into it and there's a lot of fans so i really do i, I think ben always says this as the play-by-play guy but i really do consider it an honor and a privilege to call those games and you know I don't know, Sal. I feel like on some level, if there's a if there's a small void in my life, and very small, I really do wish at some point I had served, you know, and I have so much respect. Like my daughters know, Sal, if we ever see a man or woman in uniform, they know that if we're at a restaurant, daddy's gonna pay for their meal. And if we're somewhere else, we go up to my daughters, they're nine and seven, Tess and Helen. They are trained to look them in the eye, shake their hands, and say, Thank you so much for your service. Like they they'll tell me sometimes. We'll be like somebody will be like, Daddy, there's a soldier over there. I'm like, okay, we got to go. So for me, not having served, being able to shine a spotlight on these guys and really the entire academy is uh I think in some small part. I feel like I can. I'm, I'm giving back, or I'm part of it. Obviously, not to any extent what they actually are that are putting the time in and, and serving us. But I think it, I, you know I can do my part, I guess, by shining a light on what they did. And this past season, man, I mean, look. By the way, Sal, I still have. Where are they? I still have some of my press passes. Like, yep, yep. Abilene Christian, uh, yes. Citadel. It's funny, some of the better ones I actually sign and give to people that tell me they want them. So if somebody if somebody takes advantage of a sponsor on the Ross Tucker podcast or whatever, I'll sign the press pass into it because there are people, a lot of okay. Army fans that will listen to my other shows and I'll sign those and send it to them. But it was cool. You know, from our perspective, Sal, I didn't know in mid-August if I would call zero games last year or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't. So I end up. I think I did 27 games, maybe 13 wow. for college on CBS, one Army, Navy, Westwood, one, and then 13 NFL for Westwood, one. So I went from thinking I'd get zero to somehow I got to call 27 games last year. And, and honestly, there's there's nothing I enjoy more. Yeah, uh, if, if, if you're uh, watching right now and you have some comments, please feel free to post them. Uh, any questions for Ross or I? Um, yeah, you look at the Army program, Ross. It's no, it's a national program, right? It's almost like a global program, too, because you have the guys serving, you know, serving worldwide. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to get – I've gotten a bunch of guys um, on this podcast. So gen, I had a, a General D.A. Sims 
on uh, earlier this week. He's in charge of the 1st Infantry Division. That's the big red one, the jerseys that they wore a couple uh, Army-Navy games ago. Um, great following. Um, most recent – there's been a lot of news about Army. You know, you think it's May, right? And there's what, – what are you going to – what are you going to talk about with college football? And you have Army last week, Jeff Munkin. You know, Kansas is an interest in Jeff Munkin. And you had um, Ali Villanueva this week, former Army um, tackle, wide receiver, defensive end, uh, signing with the Ravens. John Radigan's going to play with the Se- uh, Seahawks, going to get a shot with the Seahawks. Maybe we'll start with Radigan first. Um, what a story, right? I mean, just a great story of a guy who just kind of paid his dues, worked hard, senior year was just had an incredible season. And now he's uh, getting a chance to play in the NFL. By the way, Sal, did you ever hear anything about Santa McCoy in the NFL? Did he try? Did he get any looks? Um, he, You know what? They did a pro day at West Point, right? But they didn't publicize it much because I guess with the new – the changeover in presidents, they just want to keep it low-key and they want to make sure the policy stays the same. Um, I know that Santa McCoy did work out, um, did do a pro day. But I, I haven't heard that he signed with anybody yet. Because so. I I mean, I told a couple of scouts about him. I, I think Santa McCoy is an NFL prospect. Uh, yeah. He was a tremendous blocker without the ball, which is the primary thing they want from a fullback. Yeah. And then every once in a while, they want to be able to throw you the ball, and he can do that. I mean, he's good with the ball in his hands. Good, in, He kind of reminds me of like Kyle Juszczyk. For the Niners, a Harvard guy. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully, Santa gets a shot at a rookie minicamp or something. I'm thrilled for Radigan. You know, what a unique story, right? I mean, to not play very much at all until his senior year and then have such a great senior year, which, by the way, what if COVID had canceled the season? Yeah. You know, Radigan might have never actually started a game at West Point. Instead, he has an unbelievable season. They beat Navy. They win the Commanders and Chief Trophy. And now he gets signed by the Seahawks. And he's so natural in coverage and has such a good background on special teams that I wouldn't be surprised if he made it. I, I wouldn't at all. I mean, I think he's a guy that's smart enough that he'll be able to back up every spot. He'll be able to play on special teams. I think play effectively because he's got experience on the special team. A lot of these guys, there were stars in college, so they don't have experience on special teams. John really wasn't, so he does. At a minimum, I think he's a great candidate for a practice squad. It's pretty crazy. You think about Elijah Riley and Cole Christensen and Brett Toth, and you mentioned Villanueva. It's pretty crazy. You know, Army's got a lot of guys that are – getting opportunities at least at the next level and making money. I mean, Riley and Toth, I mean, the guys are cool. They all made money last year, which I think really speaks to Munkin and his staff and John Luce and all those guys and the job they do recruiting. I mean, I've seen it, Sal, because I've got a small recruiting business. It, Army recruiting over the last five years is light years compared to what it was 10 years ago. I mean, light years. The number of kids they're getting, the caliber of kids they're getting, they're just recruiting at a different level now. I think it's showing up now with on-the-field progress and production, but also guys getting a chance to play at the next level. Yeah, you look at this year's team, the 2021 team, you're going to have a guy like Eric Smith, 
who could maybe get a shot in the NFL. A guy like Nolan Cockrell. Can a guy like Nolan Cockrell, their nose tackle? Maybe he's not a nose tackle at the next level, but maybe he's a he's a defensive end, right? And he's a 3-4. No, I'll tell you what he is. He's a 3-4 D end, and he's a total badass, and I love that guy. I, I mean, love – I'm so glad he has another year. You know, I get an affinity for some of these kids. I love Cockrell. I love Eric Smith the way he plays. Here's the other thing, Sal. Their DBs are going to be really good next year. Yeah. I mean, Broughton and Cunningham are legit. You bring back Jabari Moore and Malcolm Morrison and uh, McDuffie, even guys, you know, Caleb John. I mean, some of these guys – even like their backups made plays last year. Um, what's the kid's name? Cedric Cam, Jones? Cam Jones. Cam, Cam Jones. Jones, yeah. He was everywhere. He, was I, everywhere. he only played in a couple of games and he made plays. That's one of the cool things, too, about the Army program is like these kids seemingly come out of nowhere. They'll be third string one week. The next week, Munkin will say to me, uh, yeah, he's starting this week. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know if it was an injury or COVID. He doesn't tell me that. He just says who's playing. I'm like, okay. And the kids go out and they make an interception against Air Force. It's unreal. Yeah, it was. They, they, their depth is – their defense is going to be eight eight starters returning. The, the, the defense led the nation, total yards allowed per game, right? And you know what, Ross? Maybe watch these guys this year right? to your liking. Jordan Law and Connor Funekin. Those guys are sophomores. They're going to play tackle for Army, right? Law, I saw getting space a lot in, when he got his playing time. He got a start here and there as a freshman. And, God, they're moving Connor Fennekin from guard to tackle, the right tackle spot this year. Those guys, I think, could be – maybe I'm wrong – maybe a toe type down the road. They're only sophomores. So. Well, if you look at Army's team, that's really the only question mark. You know, I mean, they've got – most of the defense is back. You referenced that. They're fine in the in the backfield with the skill with Tyrell Robinson and Jacoby Buchanan um, and all the quarterbacks they have, again. And then uh, even the receivers, they're fine. They don't throw it very much anyway, but they're fine there. The O-line is going to be the – is going to be how quickly – because they do lose a bunch of guys. You think about, uh, you know, guys like Reader. You know, I mean, they, they do lose some guys up yeah. front, guys that were longtime starters. So how some of these other guys come along, you know, will really be sort of a, a big indicator in their season. You know what's a crazy stat for them? They have seven guys on the line who started the game last year that are back, but they lost four senior starters. Right. So, it's crazy. So they have guys who've been in games. So it's not like they're going to be like, oh, oh crap, here's the opener against Georgia State. What am I supposed to do? No, they've been in games. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good point, and that's one of the benefits of the injuries they've had is they've had to play a bunch of guys. But you know what? They do a good job uh, rolling guys through anyway. You know, they they'll get guys like you know Dean Powell. Like he'll get some reps, right? So he's ready to go. They'll play a couple centers like Bishop and Knapp. So those guys will be, you know, they don't flinch when it's their turn. And the other thing is they always have guys show up seemingly as seniors who never played before that all of a sudden play at a high level. I think about, well, Mike Johnson's a little bit of a different story, but he was awesome last year. You think about – um you know, Jack's sides. They, they have guys that seemingly yeah. come out of nowhere and play really well for them. 
no doubt. Well, we're going to wrap up, wrap this up. I just wanted to get your quick thought on the Munkin news uh, last week. You know, that, you know, our army, army, uh, black, black Knight nation was on standby because it looked like that he was going to, all reports were saying they were pretty uh, deep into negotiations with Kansas. Uh, he ends up staying. I think it's a definitely a, a no doubt a win for army and maybe a breath of fresh air, you know, a sigh of relief, so to speak, for the Army fans because he, you know, he didn't go to Kansas. Well, he's obviously done an outstanding job. I think he is very deserving of a Power Five job if he gets offered it, and that's what he wants to do. And I think it's interesting that Kansas was looking at both he and Lance Leipold. I did a UB game last year. I've done a couple of UB games. Very similar. Very similar guys, very similar backgrounds. They've done it at multiple levels. Mindsets, they both run the ball a lot. I think the difference is Leipold does it more with the outside zone and Monk has done it more with the option stuff. We'll see if it works for Kansas. I, If I were them, I, I probably would have gone with Munkin and tried to run the option stuff. Hmm. You know, I, I think that's their best chance for success. But, look, I call the Army games. I don't call the Kansas games. So, I'm happy that Munkin's staying. Uh, he's act, He's been an awesome, awesome guy to work with. The thing that's great, though, now is, Sal, even if at some point he does leave, I really think he's built the structure here for sustained success. And you think about after he left Georgia Southern, Willie Fritz came in and they were good. And then after Fritz left, they've still been good. They're still good at Georgia Southern. So I think there are some candidates potentially, and I won't say them, but in my mind, if Jeff ever did leave, I think there are guys on the current staff that would be great to get promoted and to continue what, what Jeff has built. But yeah, selfishly, um, you know, I, I enjoy working with him and talking with him. Um, I just really appreciate his approach and what he's been able to accomplish. And I'm looking forward to them hopefully having another great year in 2021. I, uh, I've got my schedule ready. I'm constantly saying to the CBS guys, hey, I can do the away games too if you need me to. You know, whatever, whatever you want me to do, I'm happy to do because I enjoy it so much. Absolutely. The, the 2021 season will be here before you know it. Uh, their home opener is against Western Kentucky on September 11th. Yeah, I bet you I bet you're uh, you're getting the scouting report in Western Kentucky soon. So, uh, Ross, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for uh, taking a few minutes of your busy schedule to join us today. And uh, if you want to plug anything of yours before we go off, please feel, feel free to do. Yeah, I appreciate that, Sal. I'd be happy to come on again. I know that I don't know if there are any other you know, army football podcast, but this is certainly the the best one that I'm aware of and know of. And, and following you on Twitter has been a pleasure for me. If anybody's interested in my social media, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you're on, you can follow me there, especially during uh, football season. If you're, you know, you're obviously an army fan. And then I've got a lot of podcasts I do that I really enjoy. It's the Ross Tucker football podcast is daily, mainly NFL stuff. If you're into fantasy football, I've got the Fantasy Feast. If you're into making games a little bit more interesting, I've got the Even Money podcast. And all that stuff, by the way, you can actually watch as well. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Ross, it's been awesome. Really appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. And uh, all the best, man. 
Absolutely. We got to do it again either before the season or during the season sometime. Absolutely.